The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley, and you guys, you are in for a treat and a ride today. I am here with the beautiful Janine Worth. She is known as the trauma whisperer. She's an internationally recognized trauma expert, licensed psychotherapist, clinical hypnotherapist, and coach who is helping women heal from unresolved trauma and emotional baggage without spending years in therapy. Janine, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to speak to you. Okay, now that is quite the list of credentials that you've got there. (laughs) And I can only imagine, and we've chatted a little bit, not too much, that your own experience have helped shape the path and the choices that you've made for your work. Now we've scratched the surface on the conversation. So for anyone listening, I am coming on this ride with you. There isn't too much that I do know, but I do know that there have been some traumatic experiences many of us have had, but yours have shaped your life. (laughs) I would love it. And I think the audience will benefit a lot. If you could kind of take us back as far as you feel we need to go to help us understand some of the experiences that you have overcome in your life to be able to shape the woman that you've become, how you've overcome them. And then we'll talk a little about the work that you do now and the gift for humanity that you've become, in my humble opinion. Take us from the beginning whenever you're ready. I myself experienced what I class as a traumatic childhood meaning that I had a mother who had experienced trauma. And unfortunately, back in the day, uh, it wasn't really something that was spoken about or where people went out of their way to get help. It was sort of like, let's just pretend this never happened kind of situation. And there was also, you know, domestic violence, uh, alcoholism, things like that. We moved around a lot. I attended eight schools in 12 years. So I was always the new girl, which in itself is quite traumatic. And then when I was 18 years old, it was actually the same day that I got my driver's license because I grew up in South Africa and there you get it uh, from the age of 18. I went out with a friend that evening to celebrate the fact that I now, you know, was legal. I had already bought a little car and was very excited at the prospect of having this independence. Well, unfortunately, that night we were hijacked, kidnapped, and there was one, there were two attackers. One of them tried to rape me at gunpoint. So... You know, when you get into sort of these life-threatening situations, everyone talks about the fight, flight, or freeze reaction. And you never know what that's going to be until you actually get to that point. And 
when he dragged me up a dune because they took us to this very overgrown uh, area at the beach and he grabbed me by the arm and pulled me up a dune while uh, his friend and my friend was still at the bottom at the with the car. Um, when we got to the top, he held a gun to my head and said, take off your clothes. And in that moment, it's as if something inside me just snapped, you know? And I looked at him straight in the face and I said to him, no, you will have to shoot me first. And I could see he was like completely perplexed and shocked. Like, mm, this is not how it's supposed to go, you know, because obviously they expect crying, begging, pleading, compliance. And I looked past him down to his accomplice who was, you know, not as aggressive as the one that had uh, taking me up on the dune there and I was shouting down at him and I said to him you know what you've already taken all of our uh, belongings you know cell phone jewelry back in the day it was this giant Nokia where you notice immediately if it was in your handbag or not just by the weight I said to him just take my car and go this is not going to end well for you you know and we we started sort of negotiating and eventually he could convince um his friend, like, hey, listen, uh, it's not going to work out here. We should rather go. And the guy looked at me. And before they left, he said to me, you know, you're a crazy bitch. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, says the one with the gun. <laughs> you know, so I'm by nature a feisty person, but that definitely... Uh, showed me that my default setting happens to be fight. And luckily my friend, his brother-in-law worked for the police and we ran to a road and a fisherman came by and he picked us up and we could phone his brother-in-law. And while we were on our way to the police station, I thought to myself, because it's such a surreal experience, you know, I thought to myself, oh, maybe the guns were fake. You know, they were just like bluffing. The guns were not fake. They had a shootout with the police. I did happen to get my car back. It was a bit damaged. And that then sort of made me realize, okay, that was real. That was, you know. And about a week afterwards, because this was in the day before social media, before everyone was posting everything about every minute of their life, I was sitting in my car on a parking lot waiting and a friend who didn't know what had happened to me crept up on my car and as a joke, slapped his hand down on my driver window. And Gary, I can tell you in that moment, it felt like my heart was going to jump out of my chest. Oh, my heart is racing for you. I, I can't imagine. You know, I had it all. I had, you know, uh, heart palpitations. It felt like I couldn't breathe. I could hear my the blood rushing in my ears and I thought to myself, I need to go and get help. This is not normal and this is definitely not okay because I've always been this independent person and I'm not going to now become some recluse that doesn't want to leave the house at the age of 18. So I found a, a therapist 
And in that first session, you know, where they take your history, they ask you, you know, about your life and then obviously about the experience as to why you're there. And when I had told him, you know, my history and my entire story, he said something to me that in that moment changed my life. He said to me, Janine, I believe the resilience you develop because of your traumatic childhood. So that ended up saving your life. He said to me, if you had begged and pleaded and cried and done whatever, we might not be here having this conversation now because who knows how that would have ended. And in that moment, it was the very first time in my life that I felt any tiny bit of gratitude for the childhood that I had. I mean, you know, there's those expressions like everything happens for a reason and they can be used kind of as a cliche, but even something as deep seated as childhood trauma from a young age, rarely do we put it in the context of how it has served us in incidences or, you know, in creating our life and to have created a fierce, resilient young lady who would react and speak up that way, the cliche of everything happens for a reason kind of takes on a whole new meaning in that context. Yes, especially if anyone listening was like me, where throughout your childhood, you're like, what did I do to deserve, you know? So that then started this love affair, I call it, that I have with trauma and anything related to trauma because from my own experiences being parented by and I use that word very lightly being parented by a traumatized parent having these experiences having PTSD this has shown me that trauma actually is involved in every single part of your life it shows up in the way we parent it shows up in the partners we choose what we're willing to accept in life even how far we go in our careers. And usually when we talk about trauma, you know, if I say the word trauma to someone who isn't a clinician or doesn't work in this industry, they immediately think, think of things like war veterans, you know, or maybe a horrific car accident. These kind of things, I call them um, trauma that would land you on the front of the newspaper. But what a lot of people don't realize is that the mind cannot tell the difference between the big T traumas, these huge dramatic things, and the little T traumas, the things that people don't consider significant enough, because it definitely won't get you on the front page of a newspaper, but the mind still perceives it as shocking and still gets wounded from it and still tries to process that. And the younger we are when things like this happen, you know, and it could be being bullied at school, having parents that are emotionally unavailable, or even, you know, a narcissist somewhere in your life, whether it's a parent, a teacher, a partner, whatever, these things affect us, you know, that causes an emotional wound and people don't really realize that or want to accept that. So when people come to me, and I, I work with women all over the world, one of the first things they say to me is, yeah, you know, I had, you know, 
I was bullied at school, but at least I wasn't raped. You know, trying to find validation for their trauma. And I really wish that woman would stop doing that. There is no gold star. There's no first prize. You don't need someone to validate what happened to you. You earned your story. And that's why I encourage women to tell their story because when we do that, we are showing everyone else that your story matters. I mean, the idea of earning your story and women being able to own that as though it, it can be the big deal that it deserves to be regardless of how society places it on some kind of hierarchy or priority um, or grading of tragedy. A wound is a wound is a wound. I think it's so it's such a like earning your story is such a deep conversation that we could probably do an entire podcast episode on. I do have one question for mm-hmm. you that I'm curious about. And I think listeners will be curious about. There are many, many, many women who have experienced trauma at a young age, whether early childhood or something like you at 18 or early on in life that never make it past mm-hmm. it. Some of them can't even continue on with their lives, let alone to go on and flourish and be free and feel the experience of earning their story. What was it about you or the actions that you took? What do you think had you take something clearly extraordinarily traumatizing over an expanded period of time? to be able to transition and transform it into, you know, what we're going to talk about in a little bit, which is about the kind of work that you're doing now. But what, what was it about you that was able to, to make, to find that bridge? So I think that's a very good question because as you say, not everybody comes out on the other side, which is really sad. And which is part of the reason why I do what I do. But for me, I think the resilience that I built up played a big role in that. And for me, it was also a journey that was over two decades long because I didn't then immediately decide, you know, when I was 20, okay, I am now, this is my purpose. This is what I'm going to do. I followed a corporate career and was in sales and marketing for a long time. And when I then through the death of one of my best friends. He had cancer. And he said to me on his dead deathbed, because he was a very charismatic, outgoing person. And he said to me, make sure that what you're doing is something that you love, because I thought that I would have more time. And that made me think about my life because I had a successful career, but I had noticed over the last three years before I changed direction that the higher up I was going, the more unhappier I was becoming because I believe I was moving further and further away from my purpose. So... I then had a conversation with my husband and luckily I have a very supportive husband and I said to him, I think I need to change direction, like as in completely. And luckily at that point, 
because I have three children, it was at a stage where, you know, they were a little bit older. They didn't need me as much. I could actually um, change direction, you know, study and all of that. And he said to me, I just want you to be happy. So I knew immediately that I wanted to specialize in trauma and that I wanted to work with women. But that journey to getting to that point, it took a while. And when I studied psychology, I found it really interesting that this theme that I had sort of taken on as a child, that I can only rely on myself to see how that actually played out in my life. Because even the career that I chose, sales, there you are literally relying on yourself, your performance. You know, it's not a, a job where you sit at a desk and you get paid whether you work really hard or not kind of thing. There you are literally depending on yourself. So I found it very interesting. And um, when I had that conversation with my friend before he passed away, I sort of had to do a lot of soul searching and ask myself, what would make me feel that my life has a purpose? You know, when I get up in the morning, what what is the purpose of that day? And making a huge corporation richer, it just wasn't checking the boxes for me. On a personal level, I can completely relate and was fortunate enough to feel the pull or the nagging as well in my own on my own corporate journey. And I think there are many people that get that sense of, I don't think this is it. But the amount of courage it takes to sit down and ask the question that you asked, what would actually make me happy? I mean, having a supportive partner, you know, hands off, hats off to him because it does make that decision a heck of a lot easier. I also happen to have a very supportive partner that I, I know I could not be going through life without that. I mean, we would figure it out, but without that net. Uh, but the importance of digging in and asking and then listening to what the answer is, I think is a very courageous act. And um, I, I'm so grateful to you for not only asking the question, listening to the answer, and then going on to play a huge role of service to women who have kind of walked a similar path to you. I couldn't help but feel just the reiteration of everything happens for a reason, which is just kind of a cliche I don't use much. And I certainly wouldn't have expected using it here today, talking about you know such kind of complex, tragic events. Uh, but your friend speaking those words to you in such a heartbreaking moment, but had that scenario not happened, if we're just to look for a sliver of a silver lining, he played such a big role in your trajectory and that, you know, the hundreds and beyond lives that you've now been able to go on to impact. So again, like even his life, all of the ripple effects of that, but then to change the trajectory of yours and then of hundreds, if not thousands of women beyond uh, is just really moving. And um, your story and your courage are very inspiring and very moving. Can you tell us a little now about what it is that you do and how it is that you help women? If you had any tools or tips, if there's a woman at home listening in right now that is dealing with some, you know, un, 
resolved trauma or I don't even know if women label it at that to themselves, but what advice would you give to someone? How is it that you serve and help from, from the work okay. that you do? So I combine therapy and coaching. Most people are either a therapist or a coach. And what I noticed is in the beginning, I was doing just therapy and the way that I like to explain it to my clients is imagine you have a room in your house, you know, an attic or storage room and it's full of junk and you decide, okay, you want to turn this into something beautiful, a craft room, an office, whatever. So before you can start painting and laying carpet or doing any renovation work, you obviously have to remove all the junk out of the room first. You know, so for me, the therapy part is the removing of the junk part, you know, going through your life experiences, your beliefs, all of your values, your purpose and deciding what is good that I want to keep, you know, like a family heirloom, something that has value and what do I need to get rid of? Those are the obstacles. So the therapy, we do that first because we first need to get all of the junk out there. Otherwise, you're basically competing with your own mind on a daily basis. And spoiler alert, you will lose every single time because your mind's main function is to protect you from real or perceived danger. So after we've taken care of all of these negative beliefs, blocks, PTSD symptoms, whatever they show up with, the coaching part is then the part where we make things beautiful. So first we take care of the past and remove those obstacles. And then we start deciding what would you really like to do with your, your life? Because what makes you happy and feel successful might look completely different to me. I created the Paint to Purpose Academy, which is a six-month program where we combine therapy and coaching. And I've been told by a lot of my clients that my superpower is helping other women recognize their superpower, you know, their purpose. Because, you know, a positive side effect of working with me is that very often it might be that you change your career. Or it might be that you leave a relationship that is no longer serving you or because I can see your potential and I can see what you could be. And a lot of women can't see that for themselves. I couldn't see that for myself at, at one point. So I know exactly what that feels and looks like. And through that process with having dealt with the past issues and then building a present where they enjoy actually getting up every morning and creating a future where they can be proud of what they do, that they feel that what they do matters. You know, a lot of people, when I decided to change direction, gave me, you know, they were very skeptical that like, now you're leaving this career. What if it doesn't work out? Why would you do this? You're starting out from scratch. And what I can say now is I don't have a bad work day. That just doesn't exist for me because I know as soon as I sit down at my desk, lives are changing. So how can I have a bad day? 
as long as I show up and share my gifts, that is my purpose. So for me, that just doesn't exist at all. And when I explain it like that, and people, you can actually see that switch in their brain go off and they're like, okay, yeah, I, I need to rethink my, my can there because that is the absolute truth. A bad day in work does not exist for me. And that is a lot different to what I was experiencing before. A lot of women would be able to relate with the notion of not feeling as though their work is making the difference that they want to make in the world. And that's how it's a bad work day. It's not that it's not making a difference in anything. It's not making a difference in the things that you believe about, care about, want to contribute to in the world. The thing is, when you do something that makes your soul happy, that takes your life, the quality of your life, to a whole different level. Then you're playing on a completely different field there. You know, and most people, unfortunately, will never get to that point, which is tragic. They go through life with this Groundhog Day scenario and die unfulfilled. Uh, Janine, we are coming to the end and this you have just been such a gift, a gift to me. I know a gift to our listeners. Tell me, how can people find out more about your program? How can people find out how to work with you? I know you mentioned you may have a little offer for any of the listeners here today. So yeah, let us know. Let us know. Part of the work that I do is helping women in the reparenting process. And what that means is if you grew up in a household where you weren't taught about healthy boundaries, where there were attachment issues, things like that. I teach them about self-care, you know, things that will improve the quality of their life dramatically in a short amount of time. And on the 17th of July, I am hosting a free masterclass on healthy boundaries. And in there, I'm going to talk all about how you get to first of all decide what is a boundary for you how do you get other people to accept those boundaries and how you can say no without feeling bad about it without feeling guilt without feeling shame without feeling embarrassed and this is for whether you're an entrepreneur or not this is you know with your friends and family because they're usually the ones that really, you know, try to take advantage. It's for entrepreneurs, you know, those difficult conversations with clients. You know, very often I work with uh, coaches and they'll say to me, you know, this person signed up for my program and now they think I've magically become their personal assistant. How can I let them know in a loving way that actually, no, <laughs> this is not okay. So I'm going to be covering all of that. And my website is janineworth.com, worth with an I. And then on Facebook, I have a private support group for women only. And it's all about teaching them the self-development skills, helping them to start or progress on their self-development journey because this is a journey. You know, people, people that think you can do one meditation or one hypnosis and now your life is going to be wonderful are deluded. It's a journey. You are constantly working 
to become the next best version of yourself. So you can think of it as peeling an onion. You know, there are layers upon layers. And once you've dealt with, you know, PTSD or, or the secondary symptoms of trauma, you know, procrastination, lack of motivation, visibility issues, binge eating, you know, addictive behaviors. Once you take care of those big ones, it becomes more detailed. That's when we start looking at things like boundaries, start looking at things like self-care, speaking up, being able to speak your truth. And in there, you know, the women are so supportive. It's, I work very hard to make sure it's a safe, non-judgmental space. We have monthly um, coffee together on Zoom where they get to meet women from all over the world, you know, and it's a really like a sisterhood, you know? So that's, if, if you're a woman listening to this, I warmly invite you. It's called Heal and Transform Your Life um, on Facebook. Yes, the name of the group. I'll, I'll give you the link to that. And then my six-month program is the new round for it. The Pain to Purpose Academy is opening uh, mid-July. That's a six-month program which is the combination of therapy and coaching where you have contact with me on a weekly basis for 24 weeks. And, you know, I should just let everyone know in advance working with me is not a spectator sport. I am very action oriented. And my whole thing is that I don't believe women have to spend years in therapy to get results. So, you know, it's intensive, but in a good way. And then I'm also launching a membership site this month, which is where they get a group coaching call. So it's a group environment, not one-to-one for people maybe that aren't, you know, that have never worked with a therapist or a coach before to sort of put their toes in the water and get an idea of what it's like. But, and then all of my social media is Janine Worth. Okay. Fantastic. I mean, I am so grateful that there are people like you doing this kind of work that women have an access to, if they so choose, move past, move beyond to, you know, start to uncover and create a life that they feel a match with their purpose, with their calling. I encourage anyone listening. I mean, I, I'll be checking, I'll be on your uh, masterclass. No, no exaggeration here. I am the first to say I'm willing to go all the way in and you have a beautiful soul. You have a beautiful story. And so I will see you on the 17th. Uh, and I <laughs> encourage anyone else listening, whether it's Janine, at least start asking yourself the question, am I happy? And what is it that will make me happy? I cannot be more grateful to have had this time with you. I am so grateful for everyone at home that you're tuning in and being able to celebrate Janine with us. And we will be back with a great episode next week. But until then, Janine, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll see you all soon. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.